Hello and welcome to In the Cactus. I'm Siobhan Jones and I'll be your host as we power through difficulties together with hope. If you're in the cactus, a troubling situation like bullying, or want to help someone who is, this is the show for you. Before we get started, a quick message. If life is in danger, call triple zero. If you're thinking about suicide or are in crisis, call Lifeline at any time on 13 11 14. In this episode of In the Cactus, I'm joined by Gillian Crater, Manager of Cyberbullying and Cyber Abuse at the Office of the eSafety Commissioner in Australia. Gillian joined me to talk about the types of cyberbullying people can experience, what the signs are that your young person is experiencing it, and the action that you can take to stop it. Gillian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. I think we'll just jump straight in. What is cyberbullying? Okay, cyberbullying is the use of technology to bully a person with the intent to hurt or intimidate them. Um, We know from research, one in five children have been bullied online. um, And what we often see is that it's usually an extension of face-to-face bullying. It spreads uh, to technology and happens in that domain as well. Does cyberbullying have the same impact, the same kind of impact on young people as this kind of offline bullying? Well, I think it's definitely along similar lines and because of the nature of technology, it can heighten the uh, damage and extent uh, felt by that sort of behaviour. The more that spreads, the more hurtful it can be. And obviously all of our kids these days are online and using these apps can be difficult to get away from, whereas physically face-to-face bullying, if you separate yourself from the people who are doing it, it's easier. But if you're actually on your device all the time, you're constantly faced with that. And it can be a lot harder for children these days to um, put the devices down because that's their mode of social contact. I did read that statistic about, you know, one in five young people report being socially excluded, threatened, or even abused online you know, they go home and they can't switch off. Mm. I've heard some people say, well, why can't people just not look at the comments? What do you think about that approach? Um, It's an easier piece of advice to give than to follow, I think. Uh, Humans are naturally curious beings and want to know what is being said about them. Turning a blind eye to things that are out there in the public that other people online can see. I should probably premise all this commentary by saying uh, I'm not a child psychologist, so all of this is just my own personal opinion, having having worked in this role and seeing cyberbullying complaints on a daily basis. So please don't take this as uh, any sort of uh, psychological viewpoint. But yeah, I think it's it's not an easy thing to do to just ignore comments. The the whole idea about sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Uh, I I don't think it's really true. Uh, Comments can be very hurtful and damaging. I mean, I think if you look in the celebrity sphere, there are some celebrities who seem to do really well in terms of ignoring uh, comments that are made on in the media about them. But I think that's the exception rather than the rule. You want to know what's being said about you. It's human nature, right? Yeah, and I think, well, what age group are we talking about here? What kind of age group is, I suppose, more likely to experience online bullying? 
the um, average age of uh, complainants to our cyberbullying scheme is in the 13 to 14 year age range, but we do get complaints from children as young as 9 or 10 um, and all the way up to 18. What are some of the signs to watch out for, you know, if you're a young person or someone you know is being bullied online? The keynote one is behaviour changes, sudden withdrawal, uh, despondency, lashing out, clamming up when asked about school or friends or apps that they used to be enthusiastic about, suddenly not wanting to talk about it, frequent checking of phones um, and then avoidance of looking at the phone perhaps in front of other people general reluctance to discuss what the contacts are about. Um, But I think what we do notice from complaints that we get is that often the first sign is just a change in behaviour. So being alive to how the person, the child usually behaves in day-to-day scenarios uh, and um, a change from that, that, that's the biggest sign. What should you do if you are being bullied online? What we generally tell people is to try not to respond if you are being bullied. To seek out assistance and help from friends and family is is a really good thing to do because most people will not be comfortable with the idea that their friends or family are being bullied and will want to help. And one of the things about cyberbullying is that it can be incredibly isolating. And if you do have a support network that you can draw on, uh, getting assistance with that, that's great. But in terms of actually addressing that bullying behaviour, what we tell people to do is uh, take screenshots of the stuff that's uh, targeting you. Um, Even if you don't want to complain about it at the outset, it's good to build up a history and a timeline of what's happened in case you do want to pick that up later. Then you can report to the social media service where it's on. Bullying is not allowed on most social media platforms. It's actually built into the terms of service. So um, becoming familiar with what those reporting channels are on each of the uh, social media services, uh, that's useful usually on big things like uh, Facebook and Snapchat. You can right-click and pull down a drop-down and say inappropriate content and then flag that as something that's uh, cyberbullying. And um, usually a social media platform will uh, remove that if they review it and they think that it's not appropriate. Uh, Where that fails within 48 hours, if uh, they haven't managed to take it down within that time, you can then report to our office, the Office of the Youth Safety Commissioner. And uh, if we agree that it meets the definition of cyberbullying, we can then advocate on your behalf with the social media service to try and get that material removed. How effective in stopping the bullying is reporting to social media services and sites? We currently don't have an insight into all of the statistics around uh, what the social media services are removing, but um, going forward, I believe they are going to start reporting those sorts of data sets. But certainly, uh, they definitely do remove material that's reported to them, which meets a certain standard within their own terms of service. And look, if stuff gets removed uh, and then there's a little flag which says this was removed for bullying, I think it's a good reminder to people who are putting material out there that's inappropriate that that's not tolerated on the site. And um, yeah, it it should prevent that from happening in the future if a person doesn't want to get kicked off the site permanently. Uh, A lot of social media services uh, with repeat bullying uh, incidents can remove uh, a person's profile for doing that, which means they can't actually use that platform anymore. And that's definitely an incentive not to bully in the future. And with bullying, do some kids just simply avoid asking for help? 
Um, I think that's definitely uh, an issue for us. Um, there's a perception or a fear that if a, a child reports to an authority figure, it could make the situation worse. Uh, one of the things that we do try to make clear in all of our communications and on our website is that uh, we won't take any action without consulting with the child or the parent first. So um, our, our aim is to empower children to feel uh, like they're in control of the situation. Um, and that's something we tell parents too in a lot of our education materials that um, it's important not to take the capacity for decision making in these sorts of scenarios away from the child, so to give the child uh, the, the power of the decision-making to decide what they actually want to do, um, given the choices of what, what options are available to them. Who do kids usually ask for help from? It, it's often friends. Friends are actually often people that uh, children feel more comfortable talking to, siblings, uh, parents, um, other relatives like aunts and uncles, cousins, um, teachers, school counsellors. Uh, we see a full range of uh, people who can make complaints and um, uh, help in, in those situations. It's, it's anybody really who uh, is somebody that the child feels supported by and able to talk to. What is an upstander? Now, there's often people who are standing on the sidelines who are witnessing this, and um, it can be a very empowering thing for a person who's being bullied to have somebody next to them helping to call out the behaviour and say, hey, this isn't on. So one of the things we uh, try and advocate for is uh, for people to stand up and um, make their voice heard if they see bullying happening um, online and offline, really just to make it you know, very apparent to the bully that people are willing to stand up and, and help and it's, it's not appropriate. It, it makes it much harder for the bullying to continue if other people stand up. There's, there's uh, safety and security in numbers. If people uh, stand up and call it out, it can, can stop the bullying in its tracks. Sometimes it's tricky to do that without getting involved. And if the bully is you know, quite toxic, it, it may be better not to try and jump in and make yourself a target. That's obviously a personal call to make. But there are, there are other ways to be an upstander and to help out in bullying situations. You can check with your friend afterwards if they've been subject to the bullying to see how they were going and to let them know that you saw what happened and that um, you weren't comfortable with it and you didn't feel okay to call it out at the time, but to let them know that you thought it was not cool and that you hope they're okay and to let them know that you didn't think what the other person said or did was okay. And that can be a tremendously supportive gesture because one of the things about being bullied is you do feel alone and you do feel like nobody cares. And just having somebody step out and say, I saw that happen, that was wrong and I hope you're okay, that can actually make people who've suffered bullying feel a whole lot better. And an upstander is also somebody who can keep an eye out for people who've suffered this sort of bullying and um, help to counsel their friends to take some action, whether that be talking to a teacher or seeking some sort of uh, support from a counselling service like Kids Helpline or just, you know, generally saying, 
there's things that we can do about this if you're concerned. There's reporting channels if this happens on a social media service. And if you don't get any success through that, you can also go to the office of the eSafety Commissioner and make a complaint there. It's just helping the person who's suffered the bullying to understand that there are other options and support and um, general counselling available to help people through it. As an adult, you can certainly feel helpless too if your child's being bullied. What can you actually do to help? Um, well, we do have a page on our website called Good Habits Start Young, which contains a section called I'm Worried um, About My Child Being Bullied and um, or Might Be Bullying Others. Uh, the website is divided into the different parts of the population who might be interested in our work. So parents, teachers and kids themselves can go to their page and find the right information, particularly for cyberbullying. It's really important for a parent to be understanding of the kids' need to be um, online and to use their device appropriately. I guess one of the things we're always concerned about is that if a parent sees that their child is being cyberbullied on a platform, um, the first response in order to protect the child might be to take the device away so that they're not exposed to it anymore. But because we're in such an interconnected age and uh, digital media is so popular and necessary in so many things of the ways we do things, taking the device away is a little bit like chopping a kid's arm off. Um, and all that's going to do is drive the behaviours underground what a parent needs to do is to be able to maintain a conversation with the child and make sure the child is comfortable about coming to the parent when they encounter difficult or challenging situations online. And so being sympathetic and being involved and understanding what sorts of things uh, the child is playing with and being interested in it, that probably goes a long way towards um, helping to ensure that a, a child is safe online and if they do encounter anything negative, they can feel uh, happy and comfortable going to a par the parent for advice. And that's, that's the best sort of situation you want to garner with your child. It's to make sure that the child will come to you when they have a problem and not feel like they'll be um, told off or have advice taken away from them. If you think your young person is bullying someone else, what, could, what can you do? Um, yeah, it's, it's still all about um, maintaining the conversation um, and talking to the child about what it feels like to be left out or teased to build that sense of empathy. I think that's a skill set that it takes a while for kids to develop. So um, you can't actually expect all children to understand that from a young age, uh, what it what they're actually doing is exclusionary or might make somebody feel sad. It's not always obvious or clear to a child. So to get down on their level and talk them through it, uh, I think that really helps. Talking about accepting differences and how to deal with people who annoy them. Uh, so I think on our website, we also talk about um, trying to relate it to your own experiences. I think everybody's experienced working with difficult people um, and how you deal with that. So sometimes, bullying can result from um, just feeling like they're not treating you well, so you'll treat them the same way. And um, there are other ways to deal with that. So giving examples from your own experience in life can help children align themselves to that mentality. Um, and it's also really important to praise kids' strengths and acknowledge any efforts they make to change their behaviours. And um, I guess the big one is modelling good, respectful behaviour yourself. 
that can definitely be a, a driver for how kids react and behave amongst other people, what they see you doing yourself. Um, and sometimes, of course, bullying can be attention-seeking behaviour. So um, maybe looking at whether you are spending quality time with your child. Uh, if you are to up that, maybe that might address some of the behaviours because all they're wanting is uh, some attention to talk about stuff from you. I think there's a there's a little bit of a distinction there between the terms bullying and banter. You know, some people might perceive it perceive interactions as as banter and others may see it in a bit more of a potentially harmful light depending on their situation and life experience. So, you know, is there any do you have advice for things that people need to think about before going online? I think that, that dynamic is a really interesting question because um, it varies from group to group. So what constitutes bullying in one social group may be banter in another. And it's really about how offended people get and whether it's considered socially acceptable behaviour by members of that particular group. So uh, in the online context, it's actually interesting. Um, if you're joining a group which you don't know well, it's probably best to enter that and just view the dynamic for a bit before you jump in and start, you know, throwing name calling around. Uh, you need to get familiar with what's acceptable and what's not before you participate. Uh, we do see uh, some complaints come in where um, you get messaging groups and you see the screenshots of what's happening in these groups and the kids are calling each other effing morons and um, nobody's batting an eyelid but then one child complains that they're being cyberbullied because they're being called this. But if you look through the messaging stream, that's actually just a term of endearment almost. On the other hand, if there's a child in a group and they're being called that and nobody else is, then that's a different matter altogether. Uh, that's more likely to go into the territory of cyberbullying. So it's really, it's really about what's socially acceptable in that particular group. Uh, and that can be very difficult to measure. Great advice about observing the group before jumping in and having your say. What is illegal and harmful content and what should you do if you encounter it? So we have a team within eSafety, which is called the Cyber Report Team, and they deal with illegal and harmful content. Um, illegal and harmful content includes child sexual abuse material, um, extreme violence and criminal content, such as images and videos of terrorist acts, murder, rape and torture. The team gives priority to child sexual abuse material to help stop its distribution and re-victimisation of the children involved. Um, if you come across such material, you can make a report to the Cyber Report team using the online form, which is available on our website. Uh, and you don't have to give your name. If you don't want to, you can just remain anonymous. All we need to know is the type of content you're reporting and the specific access information of where it's located. Uh, for example, a web page address if it's visible on the web page or an account name and posting details if the content's in an app. Uh, we do need to have the correct location information so we can quickly find the content to try and get it to be removed. Um, if you're concerned about the safety of a child online, you should still report the matter to your local police. But it's really about harmful content um, like child sexual abuse material. That's what we try and remove from the web. What is image-based abuse and what do you do if it happens to you? I guess there's a few aspects to image-based abuse. Lately, uh, in the lockdown environment, we're seeing a lot of sextortion. Um, you just said sextortion. 
Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so um, sextortion is basically where um, you get uh, an email saying that uh, your computer's been hacked and um, they've uh, been using videos to track the fact that you've been accessing pornography sites or that you've been engaging in some sort of uh, sexy video behaviour online and um, they have your address book and they can email all of the people in your contact list uh, with this video footage of you doing something salacious online or accessing pornography sites. And if you don't want your reputation uh, smeared by that happening, um, then you have to pay either do a bank transfer, Bitcoin, pay by Bitcoin. Otherwise, that's going to be released um, to your wider networks. So that's uh, become quite a common theme in the the current lockdown uh, era. Um, Often it's actually completely uh, fake. What's happened is your password details have been hacked, mainly because you're not using your password in a safe way like you're just keeping your password uh, the same for multiple accounts. And if one of them is insecure, then basically people are able to use that one password to access everything that you use. Uh, So just the fact that they've got your password details, it doesn't mean that uh, your account is unsafe and that they have been able to track all of your um, behaviours online. But the mere fact that they're able to produce an email to you which has a password of yours can be enough to make people feel like uh, this actually might have some legitimacy and so therefore they pay money to people for to try and keep this information safe. Um, so that's extortion. What do you do? What can you do about it? Uh, well, we have a special scheme in eSafety which lets you report that you're experiencing this and um, it's a confidential service and uh, we can help to remove images and video of you if that's managed to make it out onto social media. If you go to our website, we've got a report abuse button in the top right-hand corner and um, you can give us your details and um, tell us what is actually happening. We have a pilot program with Facebook. So if somebody uh, has threatened to share an image, uh, uh, an intimate image of you on Facebook, if you sign up to this pilot, you can uh, actually stop that picture from being uploaded by working with us. Uh, We work with Facebook to make sure that um, it, it can't actually make it onto the platform. Can people do that anonymously? Um, I think you, it's, it's, it's a bit hard to do that anonymously because you need to um, be able to provide enough information for that to all be worked through. So you can certainly make a report to us uh, without providing your details, but to get to that end point, uh, we probably would need your name at some point. And how many people experience that kind of abuse? I guess, who are they and how old are they? Uh, average age is 16 to 30, um, with quite a large proportion in the 18 to 24 age bracket. Yeah, wow. Okay. And can you tell me what are Finsters? Uh, well, f- fake Instagram accounts, I think, is um, what you're mentioning there. Uh, we define it as a secret or fake Instagram account that people use to post content that's different to the real Instagram account. And I believe the intention underlying it is that the content may be more spontaneous, intimate or revealing. Unfortunately, because it's also done under a fake name, that can also mean it's a prime 
thing that can be used to cyberbully others. The way that people justify using Finsters is that it's a way for people to break free of their carefully curated real Instagram posts and be more honest about their true identities without having to worry about the effect that has on their public persona. Um, and so Finsters strip away the filters, which can be a really positive thing. But I think there's enough evidence out there that sometimes these accounts can be very negative in sentiment and feelings and um, a way to anonymously cyberbully someone. Um, also, I think the concept can lead to inappropriate content being posted in a closed group. So it, it does lend itself to the question, why do, why do people feel like they need to have a real Instagram account and a fake Instagram account? What, what is the real Instagram account actually comprising? Um, if, if, it's, if it's real, shouldn't there just be one message? Why, why, why is there several messages? I don't know. It's an interesting one. Yeah, particularly, you know, that seems to me to be a lot to do with identity and, yeah, as you mentioned, authenticity. Of the one in five people who admitted bullying online, around 90% had had a negative experience themselves. So is that proof that people who are bullied also bully? Well, I, I think um, this is an interesting topic uh, to discuss because uh, we don't like to say bullies um, because I think everybody has the capacity to bully, right? It's part of human nature. Um, a lot of the complaints that we get in, we see coming from people who have experienced bullying um, in the past, but also have been in situations where they've bullied themselves. Um, one of the things to remember is that children are not fully uh, developed in terms of their mental capacities uh, when they're kids. They're still growing and you're still learning how to control your impulses and emotions. So when people get very emotionally involved in things, they're quite likely to um, say things and do things which on reflection at a later time, they regret. Uh, so anybody can be a bully uh, in the in the right situation. People bully, and people are bullied. It's a circular thing. Uh, it's it's the nature of hum humankind. Why do you do the work that you do? Um, so I've been here for uh, just over a year now, and I previously worked in consumer protection, uh, also in policy. I mean, I grew up uh, in England and um, I'm of Asian origin. I was the only um, Asian in my year in a Catholic school. <laughs> and um, back in that day, you could imagine um, that that's pretty much a big target for bullying. Um, so, you know, I've experienced bullying as have I think most other people have experienced bullying in some form or other as they were growing up. But to me, it's a personal issue. Um, I know how isolating it can be and um, how it can really alter your day-to-day -day enjoyment of life. So I, I think it's something really meaningful and important, the work that eSafety does. Uh, and it's it's great to be able to be involved in that and to know that the sorts of things that your team is doing every day is making a real difference in ch children's lives. So, yeah, it, the fact that you're able to make a difference, even if it's in just one child's life in a day, that 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 is a big difference in a child's life. So um, it's meaningful work. Thank you very much for sharing that. Gillian, what's your message of hope? I think 
it can feel like the biggest, hardest thing you have to deal with if you experience it and it leaves people feeling bleak and alone. Um, but my message of hope is that uh, with the complaints that we see and the people we deal with, we know that uh, there are things that can be done and as bad as it might feel at the time that this is happening to you, um, we know that you can get through it this too shall pass is a hope to cling to if you keep putting one foot in front of the other, if you seek the help that's out there, um, if you talk to your friends and family, that bleakness, that feeling of being alone, it will slowly dissipate. And um, when you look back on it, you'll see it as a learning experience. So it's just to not get so bogged down in the moment that you feel like it's the end. It's not the end. There's there's so much you can do. So um, cling on to that. Gillian, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And that was Gillian Crater, Manager of Cyberbullying and Cyber Abuse at the Office of the eSafety Commissioner. The key resources we've mentioned are in the show notes. I can't do this show without you. If you found the show useful, please tell someone about it today. If you've got any questions you'd like me to ask guests in the future, contact me on Twitter at InTheCactus or email inthecactuspodcast at gmail.com. That's it for now. It's time to go with hope.